Hello and welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our preview of UFC Orlando. Holland versus Thompson in the welterweight division. And Tom, UFC are on the road in a non-pay-per-view card again. So they've done us the the pleasure and service of actually giving us a good card. Uh, sneaky good, I think we would even say in some aspects. Um, go on, Tom. Well, it's one of those that's got so many fighters with name recognition. You start to worry about like, you know, what fights have they taken off of the numbered events? Because you've got, mm. got Stephen Thompson on here, you've got Dos Anjos, you've got Tui Vasa. Barbarina. <laughs> Notably absent from the list I gave you there. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Jack Hermanson. There's some names here, Joe. Yeah, for sure. Like, it's, it's, do you know what this is? This is a well-booked card. This is This is what decent matchmaking looks like. And... Just because the UFC don't do it that often doesn't mean that we should be, you know, too surprised by it. They sh- they can do it, they just choose not to. And let's get into it. This main event, Tom, is really good matchmaking. I love this. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson is back. He said, I'm not facing any more wrestlers. And they said, fine. Do you want to fight Shavkat Rachmanov? And he said, I just said I don't want to fight any more wrestlers. So they're like, all right, fine. Do you want to fight Kevin Holland? An unranked welterweight and a formerly ranked middleweight. And Wonderboy Thompson said, sure thing. Let's do it in front of some fans as well. And hey, presto, we've got a banging main event. Um, Tom, do you worry about Wonderboy Thompson going into this fight? Well, I certainly worry for uh, the rankings and how this kind of places him because they've still got him sitting at six in the welterweight picture <laughs> that's high that's that's lofty mm. lofty uh meanwhile he's fighting unranked kevin holland yes suggests it should be a, a clean out for wonderboy i'm not sure it's going to play out that way joe no i i don't i don't think so either i, I mean the wonderboy's losses recently whether it's been against like gilbert burns or Bilal Muhammad is that they've wrestled him to death. Like they've just taken him down and they've wrestled him. And it's something that hadn't really happened to him like that before. Like he hadn't really been taken down and ground into the mat like that before. But the Burns one was particularly surprising for a lot of people because they hadn't seen that before. But Gilbert Burns is just that good. And then it's just like, okay, well, Bilal Muhammad's, you know, Tom's least favorite fighter in the world. You know, and most people don't really like but, him but, either. But Joe, let's be clear now. I can't deny Bilal anymore after that win over Brady. I'm, I'm having to relent and say, okay, the man, the man can can wrestle. He can strike as well. As yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Brady. Um, so you know, those are not bad losses. Gilbert Burns and Bilal Muhammad. Exactly. Is the one that stands out that's bad is the Anthony Pettis one. Well, that was the shocking one with the Superman punch. Yeah, so that was a you know you'd, you'd I think you'd pick. Thompson to win that matchup, you know. But he nine was times out of ten. He was winning that matchup. He was dominating that matchup. And then Pettis, you know, he was gonna get finished in that third round, which is what they were heading towards. And then at the end of the second, he throws that Superman punch which knocks him out. He does then come back and then beat Luke and Jeff Neal by unanimous decision. Right, and that's what we've got to just dwell upon there. Look at Jeff Neal right now, Joe. Yes. He's been crushing fools and pushing his way up in the rankings. Exactly. Um, obviously beating Luke himself uh, quite recently. Yeah. So, you know, when you take it all in context, Wonderboy, he deserves to still be there in the picture. Um, not not in the picture for a title fight, just no. to be clear, but in, in, with a number. He deserves to be a numbered fighter. For Six sure. Six is a, is a high number. But Kevin Holland, unranked. What do you think about that? Um, a little bit surprising. A little bit surprising. I mean, I thought he was just going to come down to welterweight get one win and it's just like there you go there's your number 12 ranking for you there kev uh but that hasn't happened at all i mean he's beat cowboy Oliveira, he beat tim means both with finishes both with um no dance choke uh, against means uh, earlier this year and then Oliveira in march um yeah i'm a little bit surprised he's not ranked i mean that hamzat shamaya fight was a bit of a you know it's a bit of a non-fight really like, you know, just in terms of that he got smashed, but also it's just like doesn't really 
matter a huge amount. We no, know that Kevin Holland doesn't like grappling. I don't think like he went grappling. down in anybody's uh, assumptions there. You know, no, not at all. still held in, in high esteem. Yeah. So what happens here in this fight? Uh, okay. So in terms of a technical breakdown here, the key part for this fight is the lead, lead leg of both fighters. We know the Wonderboy Thompson approach, which is kind of finds his range with that lead leg, kicks to the body, sort of like flicks it up at them and sort of takes it away. And then he finds that range and then he steps in a little bit closer than you realize. And he can then either whip that foot up and sort of go for the head kick from there. Or it starts bringing in the hands and in some cases uses the hands, getting close, frame off of them, push back, starts retreat and then throws the kick up from there. That is Wonderboy Thompson's best approach. If he is throwing that rear kick, a rear leg, sorry, it's normally, you know, coming through up high for him. Kevin Holland, on the other hand, basically bases all of his attacks from his lead leg. So he starts off with his left leg, because he fights orthodox, starts chipping away with low calf kicks, then he works up to the body, and the body kicks is where he tends to get most of his work, digs in under the ribs, takes away from your uh, reserves you know starts like tiring you out gets you coming in and then he starts throwing teeps to the body as well a lot of fighters then they want to get it back so they start like pushing him back trying to close the space and start throwing big shots and that's holland is really good in that space of rolling with punches both hands arms up covering up rolling with those shots and then holland's big big weapon is that right hand that is the power shot that he has he wants to draw you into that whether he sat he... down sat down joaquin buckley with that if i remember twice he's, he's he 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 dropped him with that and in the third round when he got the finish his uh mouthpiece went flying out as well um style points yeah there's also that mad <laughs> knockout of jacare um that just still blows my mind that happened and then the right hook that got Cowboy Oliveira earlier this year as well. That's the main power shot, but it all comes from the lead leg, which then also he then throws up for head kicks at the end. But he does literally work his way up the body from calf to body up to head uh, in the hope of you know taking away from your gas tank. And then also starts you to get to drop your hands. The problem is, is that he's fighting a man who also does that and is also probably, in terms of the UFC, the best that we've seen, at least in the welterweight division, at that approach um you then start to have to factor in those other elements which is age well and i also wonder about the the stance of wonder boy um now with that approach from holland where he's going to kind of work his way up and he's landing trying to dig into the body and, mm. and get the, the hands to start to come down and for the opponent to then come into him and kind of open up their defenses kind of unlock the pandora's box i mean wonder boy his, his stomach isn't really there to be hit. You're not going to be landing teeps up underneath his ribs. He's no. going to be in and out of that distance. Um, he's going to be drawing you into that space and, and seeking to counter you. So it's mm. quite an interesting matchup in, in, in that regard. Um, now, other things when you match these guys off, you look at the stats. They're both landing around the same rate per minute. 3.9 for Wonderboy and uh, 3.85 strikes for Kevin Holland. So both decent outputs. Um, they both absorb less than three shots a minute. They both got solid defense. Mm. It's going to be a striking matchup, or is it? Oh. Because of course, Kevin Holland he does have a few other little wrinkles to his game, as Tim Means found out um, in their matchup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got. He's actually got really good grappling. He just doesn't like wrestling. That's that's the main thing. People, he does have a black belt in jujitsu, and everyone will start saying like, "Oh well, what does that really mean?" He's got it from Travis Luder, who is was known for his jiu-jitsu. Like, this is a really legitimate black belt teacher, at the very least. And I would then assume, then, that his student has a legitimate black belt from there. I wonder how would he get that grappling exchange? Is it Would it be from a knockdown, you're assuming? Is is that what you're thinking? Yeah, I mean, we don't imagine him shooting a, shooting a double leg. Although he did do that on, uh, on Derek Brunson, of course. Caught him out in that last round of their fight. So it does show you if, you know, with the other fighters fatigued, deeper waters, perhaps he's given Wonderboy some trouble on the feet, or perhaps Wonderboy's feeling a bit comfortable. It's just, just does that add that extra element in favour of Holland? 
Do you think? Um, um, do you think the memory of Wonder Boy stops people from picking Holland outright? I think it's that that status, you know, that that premium status that's attached to Wonder Boy, a mm. man who has been in title fights, he has fought the best of the best. I mean, it's not that long ago. In fact, just have to go back to 2020 after that win over Jeff Neal, where you and I were kind of crying out for one more matchup and then the belt. Yeah. Unfortunately, that matchup was Gilbert Burns, and mm-hmm. you know, reality caught up with us. Yeah. Um, whereas Holland, he's never been quite in at that premium level yet. Mm. But perhaps with a win over Wonder Boy here, he can start to enter that kind of arena. How do you see it going down, Joe? I actually think Kevin Holland's going to win this. Um, I'm actually kind of leaning to a knockout, like a TKO knockout maybe. That right hand, man, it's just got so much power in it. Like real like lead hands that he can like land on people. And he lands it really clean. It's when will he be able to catch Wonder Boy with it? Is he going to be able to find those moments in between the movements of Wonder Boy where he's slightly paused? Can he time it? It's yeah. it's hard to see it before the later rounds. I think Wonder Boy is too mobile, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the other thing is though that like this is when he fought Jeff Neal. That was a five round main event, Wonder Boy, and Jeff Neal went head hunting the whole fight, and it was incredibly frustrating because it's like the body is there and he was in space to throw to the body that's what he does joe let, <sighs> let the man bang he wants to swing <laughs> listen i'm not against steal. that i'm not against that but when it's against wonder boy and you're just you're whiffing on every shot it's like come on bro mix it up i will also that- say that was the smaller octagon as well this is gonna be the bigger octagon so that again will favor wonder boy but i am leaning to a kevin holland knockout around about round three or four the other little factor we should mention uh, is the, the reach advantage for, for Holland here. It's massive. 81 inches at welterweight. That's, that's huge. Uh, that's a wingspan on him. Uh, Wonder uh, Boy's Wonder Boy at just se- 75? 75, that's yeah. right, yeah. So six-inch reach advantage for Holland. I've got him winning as well, Joe. Do you? Yeah, yeah I've picked Kevin Holland. Uh, I can't see a knockout. Nobody's really caught Wonder Boy apart from that freak, freak petter shot. So I think we'll see a nice point scoring matchup and uh, Holland with the greater diversity of tools. I think uh, um, youth I, on his side. I think this is also just a really well matched fight. Like these, it two, sounds like a lot of fun. It's exciting. These two are ideal for each other. They're both strikers. Kevin Holland didn't want to face a wrestler. Neither did Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And also they're fan friendly. Like Wonderboy Thompson has even said that like that's what he wants is that he wants to entertain the fans. It's like. Yeah, yeah. He's got one last run. Get some fun fights in there. Oh no, a run! A run. No. Where's he running to, Joe? He's getting a couple wins and then he's riding off somewhere. He ain't okay. fa- he ain't facing that running bloke. out of the UFC. Yeah, he ain't facing that bloke with the Abraham Lincoln beard, and he's <laughs> facing guys like Kevin Holland. Good for him. Good for him indeed. Rest of this main card, my word, some good stuff on here. Now, Joe, this next matchup, when I saw it. I chuckled. Why? And when when I sent it to you, you didn't seem to be chuckling. I just I just don't know what's going on here. Rafael dos Santos. We're talking about men with premium attached to their name. Yeah. All right. He still talks about titles and things. Oh, it's bless a bit him. Foolish that he is. Yeah, bless him. <laughs> bless his socks. But he's in the picture. Another man who finds himself uh, still ranked quite handsomely, as we have at lamented a few times. Yeah, ranked seven at lightweight. Yeah, we well, should. Uh, be. He's fighting. Another unranked guy with zero premium attached to his name. A bit of a comedy fighter for me. In that prize fighting realm, mm. Brian Barbarena. Yeah. I just I just think this is a hilarious fight. Do you really? Yeah. You know uh, Dos Anjos is a massive favourite for this fight. I Sure, I would hope so. Oh, Five really? to one. Yeah. I, I think there's a, you know, I think there's a good odds. Joe's cheeky fiver, stick it on Barbarena. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, bro. Barbarain is getting it done. He is getting this done on Saturday. I, did you watch him fight Robbie Lawler in July? I did. And Were you impressed by that? No, but neither why, why would I be? He's, uh, Joe, it was those... It's that old man. He's, he was... That old man gate. Barbarena was 30 seconds away from beating Vincente Luque before Vincente Luque was Vincente Luque, okay? He, 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 was, that far, he was that far away from winning. 
Like, but ab- unfortunately absorbed catastrophic damage and hasn't been the same since. Listen. As we saw in the Lawler fight, Joe. Yeah, but he beat Lawler. And, like, the thing is, is that Barbarain... But he beat Lawler. That's a reason you can beat... Dos- like, if Dos Angeles lo- it loses this fight, out of the UFC, you're done. Yeah, out of well, the I rankings. Think... Out, out of the, the rankings, rankings, for sure. Uh, yeah. Look. Enough of that. I think Dos Anjos, again... He should be in that Robbie Lawler zone at this stage of like. Well, he's thirty-eight, Joe. Yes, he is thirty-eight. And he's facing a guy who's got kind of sneaky heavy hands. You know, he throws sneaky heavy. Joe. Yes, man. that Come every on, this. every Sh- respect. One, show some respect to the listeners. Brian Barbarina does not have sneaky. Yes, heavy he does. Hands. One in fifteen shots is a bit heavy. Okay, the rest are all kind of like pitter patter, like getting in your face and annoying you, and then he's throwing one which is like actually going to crack him. I'm sorry, man. He's getting the job done, and I'm actually leaning towards a Barbarina knockout. Like, that's how much I'm convinced Barbarina's going to win this fight. If any bookkeepers are listening to this, you want to contact Joe directly. <laughs> take, take his money. Take his money. Stop this nonsense. I, I've got I'm Christmas presents it. to pay for, and I'm sticking it on Barbarina, okay? Listen, he... I, I, I don't... I just think Dos Anjos... This is the thing. I'm not saying that Barbarina's that good. I think Dos Anjos is that washed. Like, that Fazeev knockout was pretty bad. Hold on, hold on, uh, hold on. Yeah, that wasn't that was, you know, he did get finished by Fazeev, but that was in the fifth round of a very close fight in July of this year. It wasn't that On close. That, it was it was wasn't it two rounds apiece? No, it was three rounds to one to Fazeev. I thought Dosan just gave a reasonable account of himself against a man who's been a, quite a hot prospect now. Don't make, don't make me go through my notes to find the actual score. Okay. It was three one Fazeev, and if I remember correctly, Dosanjos won the fourth. Yeah, that might be right. That was right, but thank nonetheless, you. Nonetheless, he gave a good account of himself in the same night that Barbarina nearly lost to Robbie Lawler's, you know, one mile an hour strikes. So I would be appalled if Dos Anjos loses this fight. Five pounds on Barbarina. You've heard it here first, listeners. Decision come, win for Dos Anjos. Come on, man. Come on, man. you got you you got, like, rose-tinted glasses on some of these guys. Like, you really do. You really, really do. Joe, I've been first in line to criticise the ranking system and how it's favoured uh, RDA. Yes. Uh, but Barbarina, he ain't he ain't the one. He ain't... No. All right, fair enough. No. Right, let's talk about another banging fight. Mateus Nicolau uh, in the flyweight division faces Matt Schnell. Matt Schnell, who was in one of the fights of the year uh, in July against Sumaderji, where... Frankly, Matt Schnell had basically been knocked out five times in that fight and somehow kept going. Took, landed one huge right hand on Sumaderji, rocked him, took him down, mounted him. One right hand that turned the tide. Yeah. Yeah, it really did turn the tide. Took him down. Sumaderji reversed it, went into a triangle choke, choked him out to sleep, and it was one of those great images of a man unconscious... And his blood is all over the guy that's just beat him. Who's giving it the give me the 50 Gs, baby. Listen. Match Fight now. of the night. Ma- yeah, absolutely. Match now. Kill or be killed. Um, Nicolau, I'll grind out a decision. That tends to be his his approach to things uh, a bit more. Nicolau, though, he's got some good wins, though. Uh, David Dvorak in his last fight was an impressive win. But the most impressive one on that resume is Manal Cap. Uh, who was in his second fight in the UFC after coming over from Ryzen. Who hasn't bought, beat Manel Cap? Come on, son. Manel Cap's won two in a row. Ode Osborne and uh, Zalgas uh, Zumagulov. Okay. Who hasn't beat Zumagulov? All right. Oh, yeah, fair enough. Look, you need some wins, my boy Cap. Okay. Um, who's actually facing David Dvorak next. What, what, what weapons are you looking at for Cap in, in a fight like this? Schnell or Nicolo? Yeah, uh, well, yeah, I would say... Schnell, he announced himself on the big stage, but Nicolau, I think for the fans, me being one, don't know so much about him. What should we look out for? He's he's more grapple heavy. Mm, That's the thing. He's, grinder. He's he's a bit more grindy mm. than. Um, that doesn't get your boy status over here. No, it doesn't. If you get if you're swanging and banging, then that gets your boy status. But like, yeah, he's a Choo-choo. bit more. He's a bit more grindy, um, and I think that's where he will be wanting to do most of his work. Problem is, though, is that with flyweight, everyone is so skilled that it's kind of hard to hold anyone in place for a sustained period of time. So if Nicolau can do that, I will be massively impressed. Um, I just don't think it's going to be the most sort of like exciting way of winning fans, particularly in front of a crowd, particularly in front of a Florida crowd as well, who are, who yeah, are quick to boo. We've not seen 
not seen a dominant wrestler at flyweight since since Cejudo. There seems to be something about that division where they're all so fast, they're so nimble. Yeah. Uh, it's you know you look at. Makayev. Uh, uh, mm, yes, of course he's coming up. But I was looking at the man who's just retired. The. Uh, Askarov. The, the def- As- Askarov. Yeah. Right. Had a great grappling get grappling game. Um, but it's it's not easy to implement that at flyweight. These guys these guys are fast, and some of them they're starting to hit hard. Yeah, really do. So, particularly one. Joe, go on. Well, Sorry. no, no. I'm 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 saying I'm looking at another match now. Win here. I'm 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 on it. You love I like it. it. <laughs> I want some more. Yeah, it's um it's hard not to be enticed by Chanel, and frankly, I have been Matt Chanel by death of some kind. There'll be bloods, hopefully. Uh, you know, I'm really giving it the just bleed pose right now, okay? And I want a match now win. Uh, next fight on this card, I'm actually slightly baffled by this fight. In the heavyweight division, Tai Tuivasa is back against Sergio Pavlovich. Tuivasa number five in the rankings, Pavlovich at six, so that kind of makes sense. But Pavlovich, he's got one defeat in the UFC, or in his career, and that was in his debut to Alistair Overeem, where Overeem beat him so badly, you're thinking, why is this guy here? But since then, Pavlovich has been he's been on a tear, uh, with his most recent win being a knockout win over Derek Lewis. Now, as is Ty's last win, I believe. Yes, yes. Ty's last fight, though, was about three months ago, and it was that fight against Cyril Garn, where, my word, that, again, one of the fights of the year for me, back and forth craziness. What, uh, was it Was it back and forth, though, Joe? Well, was it? that second round was back and forth, and then... Right. And then Gone. Well, all right, the round was incredible. The second round was incredible. Yeah, and it's worth. Yeah, it. Ty, Ty had a great moment, and he showed his durability. Mm. But that durability got pounded out, <laughs> and uh, Ty took a lot of damage. Joe, just three months ago. Body shots, though. That was that was the main thing that did for him. The end was particularly brutal, though, with that head kick that rocked him, and he sort of like wobbled down to the ground. And he's facing a guy in Pavlovich who has four wins in a row, all by first-round knockout. I mean, he, this guy's a hammer. And the thing is, is that Tui Vassa, he is... It feels like a weird slot for him. Number four on a fight night main card? Yeah, because he, he, he's a budding star. Yeah. And yeah. Pavlovich is a bit of a no-mark still. Yeah, to the casual fan. Like, it's like, oh, Tui Vassa, the guy who drinks from a shoe... You know who <laughs> like I know that guy. That guy. You know he he swing. You know he swings and bangs like that's that's what he does, and it's appealing to the fans. He, you know he's a pay per view main card fighter where you're like, yeah. you know, oh my word, he's it's this guy. Yeah, it's strange to see him buried down in this position. I agree totally. Uh, and the thing is, he's not he's not being given an easy layup after no. that Garn fight to build him back up. You know, something else for the highlight reel. Yeah, he's been given a bit of a killer, Joe. Yeah. Bit of a killer Pavlovich. I'm um I'm, I'm getting excited. I've yeah. been excited for a while. Uh actually straight after the Overeem fight, you know, he looked great. Looked absolutely great against um <laughs> Marcelo Gom. Yeah. Who we've not we've not heard of since really. Mm. Uh then all right, Maurice Green, not stellar yeah. not stellar competition. Mm. Shamil Abdurakimov. Yes. Performance of the night in London of yeah. this year. Derek Lewis, all of these guys felled in the first round. Mm. Ferocious hands, direct, straight, nice one too. Uh, he throws long combos. He throws long combos and fast, very yeah. fast for a heavyweight. Combine that, Joe, with an 84-inch reach. That's up there with John Jones. The guy is a problem, and I think Ty's, Ty's in a bit of trouble. Yeah. What's can you, uh, do you have the stats there? What's the yeah. strikes landed per minute for... Uh... Pavlovich. So we're looking at 6.83 at heavyweight with 84-inch arms. That's uh, incredible. That's scary. That's yeah, scary. Yeah, I, I, I know that a lot of people are going to be like, oh, it's got to be two of us. So you've got to be, I'm, I'm not feeling it for him. I think this is it's a quick turnaround in heavyweight. Three fights in a year for him as well for Tui Vasa. And this is not the fight that you want. And again, you know, the names that you read out in Pavlovich's wins, some of them not the most impressive. But it's not the case that he's beat them, it's how he's beaten them. He's just... Well, he's, he's just blown them away. blown them away. Like, he's just absolutely smashed them. And it's like, yeah, like, kind of how he should have done. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. It, it's I don't think this is looking good for Ty. I've got, I've got to go Pavlovich, really. Really do. 
A hundred percent. Now, I guess the only question is if Ty can make it a bit of a wild exchange, if he can absorb that onslaught, of course, he's shown before, Derek Lewis will testify. Uh, he's not out until you really put him away. Still carries that knockout threat the whole way through the fight, yeah. as Cyril Garn will let you know. Um, but can he weather that storm? I, I don't think so. I'd be interested to see how Ty approaches this fight. Do you think... Be careful. Do you think that if Ty's... Do you think actually Ty might be thinking, I've got to get this into the second? Like, <laughs> well, well, that is freakish to yeah. think about, isn't it? That it, Ty, Ty needs to carry the fight. But Ty has the experience, rounds. though. He has the experience of later rounds compared to him. I say later rounds, second and the third rounds. Like, but he actually has the experience, whereas Pavlovich really does. I don't know. It would be interesting to see, but... My gut is saying Pavlovich. And I think he's going to blow him away, Joe. Do you reckon? I'm hot, I'm, yeah, I'm hot on Pavlovich. I think he's going to blow him away. Wow. That could that could set up a really big fight for Pavlovich then. That could set up a really big one. Then he really enters the deep waters, Joe. Uh, now, the men ahead of him, Curtis Blades. Well, Blades might be facing Jones in March. I'd love to see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I just want... Let's, let's just get Jones in heavyweight. I'm not sure if that's my preference in terms of a fight. No. Blades, you know, he did have that kind of shaky win over Aspinall after Aspinall was wow. injured. It was a non-win. Yeah, it's not a win. Of course, it's not a win. But I'm saying his stock has risen. Yeah. You know? Now yeah. he's looking up from that. Uh, if it's not going to be Blades, then Miacic, well, we don't know where he sits now. Miacic, I think, is probably retired. He's not taking the Jones fight or any fights for the near future as his father has just passed away. Oh. Um, so I think uh, Miocic might actually be done anyway and I think maybe his father passing might have pushed him towards that if he were to rally uh, and have a last fight would you want it to be the Jones fight? what Miocic? yeah yeah I would I'd prefer that to Blades oh what Blades Miocic? no no I don't want to see Blades Miocic no, at no. All. oh no right you're saying Jones Blades no, sorry, Joe. Yeah, I'm saying, would you rather see Jones's introduction to heavyweight be against Miocic or against Blades? Ooh. Oh, I don't know, actually. I think, I don't know, Blades is so, like, he's so difficult, though, isn't he? I think that's the thing, is that, like, Jones could win that fight and just still not look impressive, couldn't he? Like, it just, it could be, like, fighting at range, just trying to hold the clinch positions. What's your gut feeling, Blades-Jones? You know what my gut actually says blades, but like Yeah, mine too. <laughs> yeah. Mine too. But it does every time. This is the pro- every yeah. time I see Curtis Blades. Every time. Yeah. And the man keeps getting chinned with big uppercuts as he as he shoots. So Yeah. Anyway, good fun at heavyweight. Uh it's all awaits Pavlovich if he can get through this test. Absolutely. Uh then Jack Hermanson, who was supposed to be supposed to be facing Derek Brunson, has instead got Roman Delize, my word. Banger central potentially here if Dolize can set the pace of this fight. Hermanson in his last fight won a uh, decision win over Chris Curtis, in which we kind of surprised us all by outwinning, outpointing him in a kickboxing fight. Like, just yeah, boxed I think, him up I, on the feet. I think he showed the limitations to Curtis's game. Yeah. I don't want to take it away from Hermanson, but no. I don't think the same game plan plays out against other top tier fighters. Do you think uh, the fact that how Dolize fights. You know he's so aggressive and forward moving that it might actually help Hermanson to secure some takedowns from there. I mean, I presume that's kind of what he's hoping for. Yeah, my feeling is that Hermanson would prefer to have a grappling exchange. Um, so would Delize though, probably. His grappling's very good, and he did just yeah. beat our he did just beat our boy Phil Hawes with. Um, I mean, it should have been stopped before the hooks and you know sent to the land of wind and ghosts, but you know he did like jar his knee quite badly or tore the ligaments in his knee i'm not quite sure of the injury but you know halls couldn't really walk after that so maybe actually in the grappling exchange it could be quite tasty uh in there but uh this is a good fight right yeah we like this fight well matched uh, delete say he's he's been getting a bit of a boost he's been flying up the rankings it is it is rank eight versus rank eight for what it's worth eight versus eight or nine? Uh, oh, hold on what are you looking at i'm um, Looking at various sources here on the UFC's official page, they got eight versus eight on the uh, oh. fight night card. But in the rankings, uh, Delete says no, nowhere to be seen. Okay, that's weird. I'm guessing maybe that was Brunson, so they just didn't take the number off of him. 
Brunson's still up at five, Joe. That's mad, isn't it? It's a bit mad. Anyway, gut feeling. What are we thinking? Hermanson? I feel like you're going to lean Hermanson here. <sighs> it's just it's just tricky with Hermanson, you know? There's been so many frustrating showings from him. Yeah. You know, the Vittori fight. Strickland. Quite comprehensively beaten, of course, the Strickland fight. Um, TKO by Cannonier. But yeah. then, obviously... Uh, eviscerated Gastelum you know remember that heel hook where Gastelum yeah. didn't even know the fight had started and suddenly yeah. got caught in a heel hook I, I remember that fight mostly because of Gastelum's weird haircut where he had the sort of like shaved head with the samurai sort of like ponytail that's what I mostly remember about it yeah he deserved to get heel hooked with that <laughs> kind of nonsense and then the Shabazian one where he won by unanimous decision but it was unanimous in the well, smashing it was the, game. It was the, there was the latter two rounds yeah and I think that actually tells us a little bit about this fight as well with how explosive the lead is I think there is a storm to be weathered if you are mm. going to beat him and uh, the question is can Hermanson weather that storm it's, you're, you're it's sure. I think the question yeah I mean I think the question here is is what is the ceiling on the I mean that that uh, when he got his knee up and, and hit Dorcas and the clinch. Mm. Pretty impressive. Ferocious, Joe. Mm. Ferocious. You're going to then, then. I'm I'm torn, is what yeah. I am. I'm torn because I'm also looking at, you know, John Allen, split decision, lost to Trevin Giles. I'm going to have Hermanson, Joe. Yeah, I'm going to go with Delizay. I'm going to go with Delizay. I think... I don't know, maybe I'm more enticed by the the young guns coming through, the fresh faces. Maybe that's kind of what I'm looking for here on this card. You know, the sort of freshening up. You know, Holland, Barbarena, Delizze, all fresh faces in the division. We wanna we wanna see these guys moving up. Um Yeah, I don't know. I I think Delizze's probably on a good run momentum wise. I know that Hermanson beat Curtis, but you know, it's a bit of a pedestrian fight in which Curtis didn't really get going. Um, I, enjoy- I enjoyed that fight. I thought Hamilton styled on him. I thought it was a great look for him. It was a good performance, but I don't know. It wasn't like it was a kickboxing showing, you know. Um, this it was not we- a kickboxing. It's not hardly like we're watching peak, you know, K one or anything. Like it was. I it just was think- good, but it well, wasn't amazing. I- but I just thought it's great game planning from the from the team there, you know. And, yeah. And, and, and noticing that Curtis is such a kind of strike heavy, like with the hands. How mm. like one-dimensional Curtis actually is. Mm. Um, I guess so. It wasn't what we were expecting from Jack Hermanson, you know. It was. I was very impressed. Now let's talk about your boy Eric Anders versus Carl Dorcas. Tom's shaking his head. He wants a Dorcas win here desperately. Yeah, uh, confirmed, Jabroni. Eric <laughs> Anders. I- I'm sorry. Like, what? What can he do, Joe? What is his fight style? It's it's lay and pray. It's a man. It's a, it's a man who's done some MMA training for a while, taken and, some injections, and yeah, yeah, it, yeah. He has looked dreadful in his recent outings. The Muniz fight, dreadful. The Only Mo- win since since Gerald Mearshart in 2019 was Darren Stewart, who's currently having a really hard time outside the UFC. Is he? He's uh, he's confined to the history books of MMA unfortunately mm. uh, fellow Brit he's you know he's lost in Cage Warriors to a no wiki wonder Mick Stanton okay um, mm. obviously beat by Anders beat by Kevin Holland beat by Dustin Jacoby alright these are not bad losses but um, and also the, the no contest that you had with with Anders he was getting mushed in that one as well so uh, yeah it's um yeah, not not a good look. But yeah, we're hoping for a Dorcas win here. Dorcas has got some upside, you know. He he's got. We don't quite know his. Roman seat. Delizze's says knee upside his head. You mean, Joe? Yeah. Well, and Phil Hall's decision win. Uh, but you know the Kevin Holland fight. He was winning that quite handedly. The Jamie before Pickett the clash win. of heads. Yeah, the Jamie Pickett fight. Um, you know he should be beating Jamie Pickett anyway. But you know, it was a decent performance. I, I don't know. I think he's... And I think he was unlucky in that Brendan Allen loss as well. I, I don't think it was as... It was a pretty close fight. Uh, you know, not a... I don't know. I think Dorcas is maybe waiting for that standout performance. Maybe the Anders one will be a good name to have on that record. 
See, Anders, I don't have him in. I don't have him as a man that you're going to get a standout performance against. You're going to have to grind with with Eric Anders. Mm. He's going to be holding you. He's going to be using his athleticism. Mm. He's not going to be doing much with it. Uh, so if he could secure a finish over the likes of Eric Anders, then Eric Anders. <laughs> <laughs> Can't even say his name correctly. I just I'm I'm done with Eric All right. Anders. Jim. Let's talk about the prelims. There's some there's some fun stuff on this. Uh, Nico Price is back after being away for 14 months. Apparently, he blew out his ACL in 2018 and he kept fighting for two years on it, um, you know, uh, which is pretty mad. Went away, got that fixed. He's back against Philip Rowe. Uh, Tom does not seem inspired by this fight at all. But Price is good value. He's a, he's a good uh, scrapper. Yeah, I mean, Joe, it's just a kind of legends roll call here in the prelims. You've got Mark Jacasey on there. You've got Michael Johnson, Whoa. Darren Elkins. Well, Mark Jacasey versus Michael Johnson. But, Joe, Joe, this is not the cutting edge of the sport, is it? No, These it's not are... the cutting edge of the sport. But let's, right. hold on, let me, let's give some respect on Mark Jacasey here. He's won three fights in a row, and he's done it by wrestling. Like, it's quite odd to see... Is that something we respect? I respect an English fighter who can go out there and turn his game around to actually wrestle and do so in an impressive manner and in a dominating manner. Now, listen, I don't want that against Michael Johnson. I want some swanging and I want some banging and I want someone going down stiff as a board, okay? And hopefully we get that. Uh, Michael Johnson, the enigma that is, you know, 20 wins, 18 losses, but those 20 wins, my God, there are some gems in there. Um, Yeah, I think that's going to be probably... Maybe the most fun fight on there, other than the Darren Elkins Jonathan Pierce one. Who knows? Who knows what damage Elkins will take, you know, before eventually rallying. And also Scott Holtzman in his retirement fight against Clay Guida. Um, I mean, you know. It's a legends role. It's a, it yeah, is. yeah. And I think that's nice. Get him in front of some fans, get the fans hyped up before going into a banging main card. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, a, it's not so much I'm against the prelims, Joe. It's just when I look at this main event, and the other fights on the main card. You're talking about rank six in the division, rank seven, mm. rank seven, rank six, rank four, rank five, rank eight. You know, you're talking about some guys who can go places. Yeah. And the only way is is out for these fellas on the prelims. No yeah. hot prospects. Is that fair to say? Uh, on the prelims, <laughs> Tracy Cortez at Flyaway. Uh, you got a couple lightweights. Uh, Nate- wins that fight. What's that? Hebas wins that fight. Do you reckon? Oh, yeah. Fair enough then. You got Nathan Levy versus uh, Gennaro Valdez. Levy seven and one. Uh, Valdez ten and one. Could be some, you know, potential breakouts there in the lightweight division. We'll have to wait and see. Um, you know, there's some. There could be something there. Uh, Marcelo Rojo. Remember when I referenced him a couple of weeks ago? He's facing a guy called Francis Marshall in the uh, featherweight division. Marshall making his debut Joe, in the UFC. Joe. We're losing listeners Look, by anyway, the second here. Let's talk about let's talk about something good. Yeah. Let's talk about UFC two eight two. Main event has been changed. Yuri Prohashka injures his shoulder. Dana says one of the worst injuries he's he's ever seen, which Yuri must be saying, Thanks for that, mate. Thanks for putting a target on my injury for when I come back. He vacates the title, which is madness. Um so Glover Teixeira is left without an opponent. And the UFC say to him Right, you versus Ankalaev, December 10th. And Glover says, can we push it back to January, give me more time to prepare for Ankalaev? And the UFC, uh, UFC say no. So then Glover says, all right, what about me versus Jan? In a rematch for the light heavyweight title. And the UFC say no, we've just seen that. Not that interested. They're determined to have Ankalaev fight for the title now. And so instead, we get Jan Blachowicz, the former champion, against Magomed Ankalaev for the light heavyweight title. And I've seen some talk online that people are flabbergasted, flabbergasted, that the UFC didn't, one, make Jan versus Glover, as that is, quote, a bigger fight, and two, actually delay the fight and push it back to the January card in Brazil. Now, Tom... I am actually going to praise the UFC here for accidentally putting the sport first by putting Ankalaev in a title fight on the win streak that he's on. He deserves the title fight if Prohashka is out. No question in my mind. 
It's a lot to digest, Joe. Uh, the yeah. first take on that was uh, really the big question around Teixeira. Uh, 43, yeah. I think now. He has the claim against Yuri because it was such a close fight. It was a lot of fun. Mm. But if it hadn't been for that and the champion was someone else, I wouldn't be favouring uh, Teixeira in that title picture. I wouldn't be putting him in that category for me no. after the loss to Yuri. Yeah. So what I'm saying is let's imagine they match Yuri up with someone else. Yuri lost that fight to, let's say, Ankalaev. Teixeira's pretty far down the list of guys. Then I'm going to be like, get him in there. The man deserves another shot. So, for me, that Teixeira has uh, declined to take that fight is is flabbergasting to me. That really? is the flabbergast. Yeah, it, it truly is. I don't think the UFC should wait for him. I don't think Teixeira is in the position to call those shots. He lost the belt. He yeah. only he don't he didn't defend it. No. And yeah, I would I would side with you that it's good that they've made that fight. I think the biggest winner here. Is Jan Blachowicz. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think also, the thing with the Glover fight is, is that, yeah, his title shot was dependent on the fact that Yuri was the champion. And because of their earlier fight in the year. And that Glover was probably about a minute away from retaining the title uh, until Yuri submitted him. Yuri did eventually submit him and win. So, you know, maybe that's not that valid a point he lost. But... I actually don't see the big insult here for Glover now, which is let's these two fight in December. Okay. By the way, the idea of delaying the title fight off of this until January, what are you going to put as the main event then? They have to have a main event. And the idea that Jan versus Glover is so much bigger than Jan versus Ankalaev is ridiculous. No, like that's that's what that's not that many more sales that you're going to get from it and frankly the big draw of this card is paddy pimlet that's the main draw of this card uh, let's be honest it is that's the ufc in 2022 it is it is that is the main thing that everyone is there for is the co-main event which is paddy pimlet versus jared gordon so also i don't understand why glover isn't just like fine let these two fight and i'll face the winner in april like that's fair don't you think april may they could get Glover in there. Do you think he deserves it? Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> okay, that's that's not uh, compelling reasoning. Sure, why not? Former champ, I... you know, and if Ankalaev wins, could be a good first title defense. You know, and then if Glover wins, then you've got the Yiri fight there. there. There was a lot of talk that I saw online. It was just like people basically trying to find any way for Ankalaev not to have a title fight. You know, Oh, do Jan versus Glover, and then the winner of that will face Yiri. And it's just like, what are you talking about? Like, the winner of that one then would have to face Ankalaev. Yeah, I, I guess it's those latest performance. All right, yes, he had the win over, over Smith. But before that, it was Thiago Santos. And the Smith win was a bit dodgy because of the broken ankle. Of course. Yeah. Before that, it was Uzdemir. Before that, it was Krilov. You know, can you remember these fights? I remember the... Uh, Uzdemir one, and I remember the the two Kutatelaba fights, and I remember the Tiago Santos one. Now, of course, the Kutatelaba fights, yes, that was hilarious. Young <laughs> Kutatelaba, who also just main evented uh, a a fight card last yeah <laughs> two Saturdays ago, um, held up the career of a man who was destined for the top. So yeah. that was very funny, and ended in a TKO win for. And Kalaya, because there is some justice in this world. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, Joe, like his profile, you know, for your highlight reel, you're introducing Ankalaev, not easy to find that many moments from those fights. Yeah, but that's not what we're here for. We're here for the fact that this yeah, but you're guy... talking about who's a who's a bit who's a name who's a draw. Uh, I you know I can see why people are not ecstatic about watching Ankalaev, but you cannot oh. deny the man. I can honestly see Ankalaev versus Blahovic, even as a three-round co-main, being boring. Like, and now you add in an extra two rounds on it. This could be this could be some dry watching um, here. But if this is a sport, and it is, then this is the fight you it's have to a show. It's also a, a sport, kind of. You need to have Ankalaev in that title fight if Yuri is not there. That is all. Right. Yeah. 
Go on. Yeah. No, I'll allow it. Yeah, yeah, I'll allow it. I'll allow it. it it's compelling. I think. Uh, are you honestly? Shara has erred. I think it's a mistake. Are you honestly I, saying that you would have rather have seen Jan versus Glover? Oh, is that a more exciting fight? Is that the question? <laughs> Come on, Joe. Come on, I can see that smile, mate. Of course, it's a more exciting. All right, fight. it's a it's a more exciting fight, yeah, but like a less legitimate fight. Yeah, less legitimate. I'd, I don't know. Will Teixeira fight for the belt again? Yes, he'll fight in April or something like I'm that. I'm not sure. I'm Who not else sure. is going to fight? You, well, like, how far is Jamal Hill? How far he's away fighting, is he's fighting Anthony Smith in March? I'm saying one of those guys puts a puts a schooling on the other. They're the next next for the belt. No, no, you can't do that to Glover. Can't do that to Glover. I'd, I'd feel Glover's like... done it to himself, Joe. He should take that fight. He should have taken he the should take fight. that fight. He should. I don't. I. I think it's crazy. I think it's crazy. Like I think he was very fortunate to find himself in the position that he managed to get into, and he's fumbled the bag a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Right. Let's talk about a fight that has been made for Brazil. We've got two more things we've got to talk about quickly. Gilbert Burns has his fight in Brazil, and it's not against Jorge Masvidal, Tom. He has got instead Neil Magny. Um. <laughs> You seem unimpressed. Uh, with Masvidal, always. Yeah. Permanent state of uh, unim- being not impressed. Let's be honest, he's a jabron at this stage. <sighs> the man has dropped off, Joe. He's another man who's fumbled the bag. Doesn't want to fight Michael Chandler now. Doesn't want to fight course. Gilbert Burns. Who does he want to fight? Connor. Nay. Nah. I mean, yes, also. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was that'd be that'd be some filthy sloppy fun. Let's let's be honest. That'd be that'd be something there. Look, I mean Burns versus Magny is an interesting fight. Magny seems to have failed his way upwards and seems to have got the fight that Shavkat Ratmanov should have had, the guy who just beat Magny. Like Oh, could you imagine Ratmanov versus Burns? Oh my word. Whew. Anyway, we got Magny instead. Please go, but <laughs> sort this out. Alright, sort this mess out. Do you, you favour Burns though? Yeah. Yeah. He can bang. He can grapple. What's not to like? Right. Lastly, and we're going to go through this quickly, hopefully. Conor McGregor has apparently legalized drug use in the UFC. All you have to do is leave the testing pool for a few months, get massive, and then say, well, I'll just jump back in and come back. He got criticized for this by Anthony Smith. And Conor went on a tear, making fun of Anthony Smith, and then saying... You have no idea what I've had to go through and what I've had to do to uh, repair my body. Only Weidman, Silver, and myself know what we've had to do to get there. Basically admitting that he has used steroids or performance-enhancing drugs or whatever you want to say, call it to uh, recover from his injury in the last Poirier fight in which he snapped his ankle. Um, Tom, if he has done this... Shin, and protect, and, shin, shin, right? Shin, whatever. Yeah. Shin... Part of his leg, lower leg. <laughs> what? Same difference. Don't get your biology lessons here. <laughs> go, to, go to school. Exactly, kids. Has he now given fighters a path of recovery where they can now have a precedent set of this guy can do it, now I'm going to do it, or is this some Dana White privilege? Yeah, Connor, leave the testing pool and keep your ranking of 14 which is pretty much worthless anyway because it's number 14 um well, isn't i mean he's not the first man to walk this path uh we all remember or we all should remember and cherish the memory of trt belfort um mm. who was a tremendous force surprisingly <laughs> in his later career um as How? much to luke rockhold's uh, detriment well, Michael Bisping's. Both of them, right? They both got Dan it. Henderson. They both got it. They, yeah, they both got the the whirlwind, which mm. was TRT <laughs> Belfort. Uh, now that what it was legal then. I, I I can't remember how it was justified, other than in the name of entertainment. But it I was, think it was uh, on some medical grounds. Yeah, uh, low testosterone, uh, in which Bigfoot Silver started it. And then that just opened the floodgates. Got for, all the boys on it. It's just like, lads, just say your, your tea is low and then you're good to go. Um, anyway, continue. Now, that was outlawed uh, and promptly Belfort returned to normal status and yes. promptly left the UFC. Uh, but Connor's bringing it back. 
Now, I've got to say, that is a catastrophic injury to suffer. Yeah. It is a life-changing injury. Yeah. Hormones can help with the recovery in that. Are you gonna are you gonna stop the man from using them? No, no. He he has the right. It's the right use. There is yeah. a use case, and um, it's just a shame that he has to also accompany it with the rest of his behaviour. Where mm. he's you know he's posing with the belt again. He's mm. got white stuff all over his nose, <laughs> and he's just you know screaming and. Well, and also like people are like, look at the size of his chest and his arms now this is insane it's like yeah it is kind of insane but that's also not a realistic he's not going to look like that when he gets in the cage or maybe he will that which would be incredible but like he's not going to look like that in the cage he's not in a fight camp right now you know he's building up the muscle building up his strength in that leg uh in theory as well as the rest of his body i honestly think that this could end up being a net positive which is that if someone suffers... Bringing the juice back. Yeah, honestly, if someone... The glory days, (laughs) pre-USADA. I'm thinking of that... that Yeah, I'm just thinking of that ripped roofie video (laughs) of the uh, pre-USADA UFC. I I honestly think that this is a good thing where guys... I mean, Prohashka now... Give him the juice, Joe. Prohashka. Just say it. Prohashka should leave the testing pool right now, go into that dark room and lift weights and inject himself with whatever hormones he wants. I want to see this glowing, throbbing samurai come back to the cage, all right? That's what I want to see. Some Super Saiyan Yuri Prohashka. I mean, Lesnar has also obviously walked this line uh, what? himself. He's ignored the line. That's what you want about, walk the line. Um, I don't know. There are big question marks for the sport about about this but yeah. it is a catastrophic injury it is life-changing the man mm. should should get all the help he needs absolutely and that shouldn't give him an unfair advantage when he's in the testing pool i don't know how all that stuff gets worked out but um I, it, uncomfortable as it is i side with conor mcgregor in this case absolutely right tom thank you so much for joining me listeners thank you so much for joining us uh, you can contact us at holdonbrother69 at gmail.com and we will be back next week to preview UFC 282 with that controversial main event. We won't be talking about any of the narrative surrounding that fight. We'll be getting into the meat of it, what is actually going to go down next week for the last pay-per-view of the year. Can't wait. Some cracking fights on that main card. Some potentially hilarious fights on that main card as well. Paddy Pimlet versus Jared Gordon. And the one I'm most excited for, Darren Till versus Drickus Duplessis. My word, what will that look like? Listeners, join us next week for that. And Tom, I will speak to you then. It's been a pleasure, Joe. Thank you so much. Good night, Tom, and good night, listeners. Bye-bye.